Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Wandering into Wellness. We are in front of a door. This door is a special door. It's the magic door of hope. Um, it's so lovely, actually. It is so lovely, isn't it? And like the messages we've got, um, what have we got? So keep the planet green. Mondays for Mother Earth. Climate justice will happen, dot, 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 hopefully. With mass rebellion, we open the door of hope. Boom, I love it. Yeah, that's, we don't have to read all of them off, but that basically is it. Mass Rebellion is what we're here for. This is Rebellion yeah. Week, and Extinction Rebellion is, you know, they've ramped up to a, a week-long protest. They've taken over a chunk of Merrion Square. They're doing loads of actions for the week, and we've been talking to some of the um, the main kind of people within it, the coordinators and the activists here who are, you know, making real change in their own lives and, and like, doing a lot of stuff on behalf of us. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, they're, like, doing the work that we should be doing. We should be, like, standing down and like, giving them praise and washing their feet and giving them bread. Yeah, and instead of that, we, we're not really doing that. I mean, so many of us are excited and are part of this and hopeful for change, but so many people are are kind of reticent to join in with the action and to be a part of that change and kind of almost looking down on it, right? And it seems like the only people who aren't reticent are those people who are actually, you know, here on the ground doing the work. There's not a huge gang of them, but this is what, like, one of the Extinction Rebellion's, um, like, core principles is that, like, it only takes 3.5% of the population to make mass change. Um, yeah. We just have to hope to God that they're going to get there, that we're going to get there, essentially. And it's not a they, and that's the problem. They're being treated like an activist movement, same as all the others, as opposed to like, no, no, this is you and me and everybody. It's like... Well, it's another ring, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's that same thing of like climate change is something that's happening like over there in the different countries and not in our country, but it's completely relevant to us. I mean, we're a small, tiny island nation. We're surrounded by sea. Yeah. It is a problem. Yeah, and the seas are rising. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyway, um, this is another interview for, that we've taken from Extinction Rebellion Week. So I hope you guys enjoy all of the content we brought you and uh, tune in. See you in a bit. Hey folks, welcome back to Wandering Into Wellness. Hello. Uh, Finn and Lydia as per usual. And um, we've got uh, Owen in between us who is uh, part of the Extinction Rebellion Week's um, uh, Re Rebellion Week's act activators? Activators? Activists. <laughs> and also, interestingly, I mean, in his own life, he's made the sort of change that would inspire one to make the sort of changes and, and makes it seem like a less impossible thing. And I think that's the most important thing for us here because the overwhelm level is right up there. I mean, we're drowning under the real seas. We're also drowning under just the seas of like, I can't do this, you know? Yeah. And so can you tell us like, what is like, what did you do first? Where did this start for you? And how did you start to make those changes? Do you have the same level of overwhelm? All of these things. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s, my early 40s, I'm 42. And I guess I started really in my, my mid 20s and I did a master's in multimedia and it, we developed, you know, sustainability and a, an interactive game for kids, CD-ROM for, for schools. It didn't get deployed around Ireland. We nearly got there with the Department of Education. So for there, from then on, I'd be more of an activist. Did some work with Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth. I've worked with Green Party and I do multimedia with, 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 with them. But Extinction Rebellion last, well, sorry, no, four years ago, I moved to Clock Jordan Eco Village. Okay. So as a real change for myself to move to a sustainable community. So an intentional community. And that's been probably one of the most significant things I've actually done to really do it. I'm also a passionate grower, so I, I, I grow a lot of food. And so by, by living in a Dublin garden in, in, in Ranala, I have very little space. And allotment was far away. So I connected myself to the ground by moving to, into the countryside and into an intentional community. Yeah, and so for you, that meant you needed to escape the city to provide the sort of thing that allowed you to, you know, to be, uh, to live a sustainable life or like a... Yeah. Uh, self-sufficient sort of yeah. approach or to, to, and, and do you think it's it does that make cities do cities seem a little bit impossible to you then is that not impossible but for some of my passion to grow okay. and I guess what I've learned through Extinction Rebellion in the last eight months for myself I've really learned a lot uh. is that actually I'm trying to 
not become a millionaire with this growth paradigm that I've learned through school and to, to earn more. Yeah. I'm actually trying to, to lower my income level and be more like a work with the land myself, personally work with the land, but as an, as an achievement to earn less. Mm. So if I earn less, I impact less on the atmosphere. It's a cool. basic principle. I cannot fly because I can't buy the tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my achievement, don't tell my mom, but is to say, I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to earn more. I actually want to earn less. Yeah. And that's not nice for your parents to hear, you know. <laughs> but they it want does, you to succeed. So funny, success for me is earning yeah. less. Good for and you. And that that's feels powerful. like a, I mean, that's a brilliant message because what I'm hearing like from families on a family level, people are terrified because they're going, I really want to do stuff, but everything feels like it costs more money to get involved. And, and what you're saying is the exact opposite. Yeah, I guess what I was able to do by moving to the Eagle Village is I got a smaller mortgage than a, more, a Dublin mortgage. So I still pay eight, nine hundred a month. Now, how do I make that an income? Well, I think for me is, is like a permaculture principle would be to have diverse sets of income. So I do a little bit of growing, food production. I, 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 um, I, I make kimchi or pickles, so I add value to certain foods. I do multimedia production as well, and I can do plenty of other things. And so we're doing these cooperatives. The cooperative movement is doing more cooperation together. And a barter economy is really, really, really flourishing in the, in the eco-village. Cool. And is that, is that, that hyper-localised and all of that? And do you feel that's kind of the way forward, that we really oh, have to localise all of those economies? There is no doubt that yeah. globalisation is destroying our atmosphere. There is, we can't, it's a, you know, that's just a fact. Yeah. And so localisation is the only solution. That means feeding ourselves in mm. clusters. 50 kilometer radius around the communities, around the city. All the green belts are to grow food, to feed in. Stop importing spuds into Ireland. Oh man. You know, stop oh, it's it. one of my favorite, least favorite, five, what is it, 27,000 tons last year or something like that? 40% or something is imported. And we export, you know, you know, potato crisps or whatever. So, you know, it's all just madness. And we're, we're starting to see it play out in front of our, our eyes. And localization is definitely something that we've been, to, I've been involved in in my 20s and it's, finally doing it now through Amazing. a large step to move to an intentional community. Amazing. Not everybody can do that in the city obviously, but we can grow a lot of food in green spaces and we can feed into the city. Yeah. It seems like community is the key. Absolutely, yeah. This intentional community is, is, is kind of like what XR is. Extinction Rebellion is these these circles of, of, of communication, empathy, listening. We do that in the eco-village and I've been profoundly learning how that happens and operates in the eco-village over the last four years. And here with XR in the last eight months, it's kind of what we do in, our, in, my, in my home community, in my neighborhood. Yeah. So it's very familiar to me, the language that my neighbors use, that they're also here with me in XR, they're using here in these circles. And it's, in, it's, in, it's, it's, it's really profound. And so how do we begin to change that language on a macro level? I mean, do we have to get people in the Doyle to start to speak in those terms? Like what? Yeah, better language, better listening, the arguments that you see there. I watch a bit of Doyle stuff, I try and stay on top of the news. Yeah, it's a pretty appalling a lot, you know, and it's political sidedness and all that. So I guess it's very hard to bring people together. And we have the same challenges in Eco Village. Yeah. You know, we do say that the people are the best part of the project and they're also the most challenging part of the project. Yeah. So, you know, it, humans are humans, mm. but good processes that just, you know, can try and uh, I guess hold people no matter where they're coming from and let mm. them be heard yeah. and then try and work through them. So politics does try to do that, but it's become quite fractured, I guess. Yeah. And so when you're, do you, do you have family down in the Village? Yeah, and no, I brought my two kids here today, okay. actually. Um, and my partner was taking care of them all week, so to allow me to be here, wow. um, which is which is amazing. And so, yeah, we're here today. I have, I have a nine-year-old boy and a four-year-old uh, boy, yeah. Wow, and, and what, what are they 
talking to you about when it comes to climate? Are, are they, how, like, what's their level of engagement with it? My four-year-old the other day said to me, we were driving the car, and in the eco-village, I, I sit him up in my lap, and he drives with me just around the eco-village, and he's like, Daddy, why are you driving cars if you don't like climate change? <laughs> he said that to me the other day. Damn. I'm like, that's actually difficult to answer, Daniel. Um, <laughs> Because it's, we're, I, well, I said to him, but we're all in this challenge together. I kind of said, I, I said to him, and we all have to try and get out of it. Me too. Yeah, so yeah. like, wow, I, yeah. you know, blown away by it. He even said it in, in a dream. My partner went into one night and he says, why can we not go to Spain? Because daddy doesn't like climate change. <laughs> you know, I'm like the poor creature, like, because he wants to go to Spain this summer. It's the first summer we have not gone to Spain. Oh, wow. And I committed to not flying in, in after the Paris agreement. I went to Paris on, 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 on a vegetable oil, power, vegetable oil powered bus, wow. a big bunch of us. And we got there and we protested on the streets. And then I vowed, like, I'm not flying anymore. My partner said, yes, we are. We're going to go to Spain once a year. And, like, and so we have gone to Spain once a year. And this year I said, I just can't do it anymore. You guys have to go on your own. And so we didn't go to Spain this year and the boys are like sad about it, my two boys, because yeah. it's great in the warm water. So yeah. I think it's they aren't, yeah, upset by that. So, so and what do you see as the future for that? Does that mean like all, you know, future holidays, that's an important thing, all future holidays take place on Irish soil or are you going to, you know, look at a vegetable powered boat or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, we, we were nearly going to go to, to France or, or get a boat to Spain. So. Okay. So friends of mine in the Eco Village, they, they used to, to well, they actually drive to France or to Spain. They have a, a small little apartment down near Barcelona. Mm. It's about half the pollution getting there by taking the boat and the car. Mm. Yeah. They've done it kind of, you know. It's like one meter, one meter cube device versus three meters cubed or something like that, isn't it? It's about half the pollution of flying. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So they've done a, a fairly reasonable metric. I must get it off them actually and be able to just promote it a bit more. But yeah. so, you know, that's, that's better. It's a big step. Mm. So maybe going to France instead of going all the way to Spain would, would be would be better. I like Spain. So yeah, I guess like local holidays, uh, Irish economy feeding it. But look, we're in Ireland. I, I, we're, we're an island nation. So you know, there, there's argument that we should have the ability to, to, to get to other countries. And I would also advocate to the young people that I work in the university. I teach. Like you got to explore the world to learn about the world, but do it, do it sustainably. Take a bike and cycle to China. Yeah, you know that's where you have the cultural experience anyway. You won't yeah. have like a resort. Become a blogger, like you know, I teach yeah. multimedia, and like become a blogger and a vlogger by cycling your way there and having that journey in a different, sustainable way. You know. Yeah, nice. And those those small differences, those small kind of conversations around. Well, it's what seems small, but like your your family holiday is, is a big deal in the year. It's a big pressure release, isn't it? So it's yeah. important to be able to like give everybody what they need within. The idea of the front, they're not like sacrificing or taking out, removing anything. Yeah. It's just kind of like changing the way we look at it, right? Yeah, I guess uh, what we've done instead is a couple of smaller holidays. But there is a there is a, a tensus now where I'm not having a, a you know a, a week or, or ten days of you know a, a journey away, and yeah, uh, so yeah. we've had smaller things. So Good. I think we'll plan better for next year. So I'm yeah. learning. We're learning ourselves. Okay. Cool. And I think also the other thing with kids is it's very hard to talk about these things without it becoming terrifying for them I mean I know that I've talked to a lot of the XR families mm. and them saying that some of their kids have nightmares like terror really? nightmares about this yeah. and they're so terrified about I mean it is an overwhelming concept I have a five-year-old and he's really great like he really gets involved and he hasn't kind of done that yet but I know on other subjects he can get really over like, you know if we talk about death or you know different belief systems around that he can get completely overwhelmed with that and paralyzed with it it's really hard to know how to have that conversation where we explain the truth I mean I have a policy of telling him the truth but the truth is is really quite terrifying for them and how do we do that in a way that it makes them feel like they have agency to get involved and that there's hope 
but also that they understand the magnitude of the thing without them yeah. getting completely terrified. Yeah, it's a very challenging question and the, the Irish media have asked me that directly, you know, the anxiety and I don't really have a great answer other than we need to look at the reality and, and, and move through it together. Mm. So, like, we could bring that, we've brought that to politicians and said, we, you know, we don't want to be doing this. Mm. You know, please do the right thing so our kids won't be anxious that we know we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Here's the right thing and it's not yeah. me saying it, it's science is saying it. Yeah. I think one of the, the great things to take you out of that level of overwhelm, no matter what age you are, is in the creative approach to things. So like when you see like, you know, David Attenborough's Blue Planet or whatever, and kids get, you know, excited by seeing really amazing versions of nature and, and giving them an idea that there's a protective aspect to that and letting them engage with nature in a playful way engenders sort of an idea of like, okay, there's a fostering thing that I kind of have to do here. And like, I guess the earlier you start that is kind of like yeah. impregnating them. Yeah, and that's definitely happened. Like the, yeah. the, youth, the youth are getting it more obviously. So they're, they're telling older people. Yeah. So we don't have that time for that to catch up though. No. no. We don't have no. 20 years for kind of a slow change. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, I would, I'd love to fly. I love my motorbike. Yeah. You know, I need to get rid of the motorbike. An electric mm. motorbike is 20,000 euros. So wow. yeah. I won't be doing that anytime soon. So mm. yeah, it's a giant challenge and it means a giant leap. So that the, the recent budget was like baby steps, yeah. you know, really challenging baby steps. And it's the giant leap and it's not forthcoming. So it means like what we've done here this week to me feels like we're just another movement now and the politicians just like oh yes. we're, we're, we're slotted into another movement now and it's like it's really defeating like okay we're another movement but we're kind of the movement in a way pointing to the greatest else, challenge yeah. and they they all say they get it the media get it too we're all getting it but, but tomorrow there's person. another news story well monday i'll be back in work and yeah. you know people will be pulling past my door and you know, back to business as usual. And I'm going to be very challenged by that. I've been very emotional all week. And I've been more and more emotional this year, more than I ever have been as an adult, actually. Yeah. And it's been great and it's been challenging myself. And I've done a lot of work on myself personally and personal development. So I have structures in, uh, I've learned systems to, to cope, but a lot of people haven't. Mm -hmm. And I worry about younger people I've met here, really, really worry. Mm -hmm. They're literally shaky, their yes. anxiety is, is high. So do we just stop our message and say, look, everything's fine, yeah. keep going. We can't do that. So we're, we're hitting each other here really hard, you know, the anxiety of the reality of the situation and then the inaction by governments. Mm. And so the fight continues and it's like... We have to, I mean, like as parents, you're looking at it going in everything in parenting, which is the same as parenting the planet we need to lead from the top we have to model those things for example we have to create templates for them to follow and that has to be us enacting that change ourselves yeah. doing the work on ourselves and then they see how it works yeah. but if when all the tough stuff happens we just crumble and fall apart and panic or do nothing then that's the model that we're giving our children and in in the sense of the world it's i mean the top level people have to model for us down below yeah, yeah, it has yeah, yeah. to start from them it can't be us at the bottom going ah it's the top level that make the most pollution anyway mm. you know so that's just a basic simple thing my, my mother-in-law just showed me which i was kind of having a shower there to wash up and uh, in her house she fed me and, and i got washed up which was great um she took out a bucket out of the shower and she said i actually use the shower water she showers in a bucket to, to keep the water to use that to flush the toilet cool. like go, go granny cool. you know, wow. good on you granny Granny Anne is great. Um, That's amazing. It was amazing. So yeah, we need to do these things. And like George Monbiot in the UK, um, environmental journalist has said, you know, all the individual can really do that has a real impact is stop flying and stop eating meat, you know. 
that's the big big things um, then it's systemic change you know mm. so I've stopped flying I still eat some meat mm. and mainly white meat like chicken I'm, I'm planning to rear chickens and to actually process them myself for my kids to, ki to kill them okay. and I've said to the kids look we're going to do this and see how we feel about it and if we feel okay about it we'll continue it and if we don't, we won't do it again. We won't kill the things, yeah. yeah I think so that, that's a really good I've been rearing chickens before, and I'm going to I'm, I'm get ready to have maybe three or four and see if I can, you know, do that. And then yeah. we'll have chicken. Yeah. yeah. You know, is that okay? You know? But it's a reality. If you can kill it yourself, you can eat it yourself sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. If you, yeah. you can confront that reality. Yeah. I don't think I could confront killing a cow. Um, mm. I was involved in, in, in slaughtering a pig in Honduras many, many years ago. <laughs> that was a, a challenging experience, but we, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm willing to face that up myself practically and that probably puts a lot of people off I guess that yeah. idea but yeah. I think it's really important I mean I, as a child I grew up in a mountain community in the Himalayas and we meat was only eaten on feast days so you had like two goats yes. and a buffalo and some chickens run around and every time there was a feast day the whole community would club together and one animal would be sacrificed in a way that was really like honoring of that animal you knew that the animal had been reared with love and it was you know just one animal for everyone everyone mm -hmm. would have some of it but everyone was involved yeah. in the killing of the animal in the processing nothing was wasted everything was used we cleaned the guts out we made sausages you know that's how it was and as a kid I mean I was five I, we were involved with that yeah. and there was nothing because it was what was being modeled for us it wasn't strange, it wasn't strange mm. or shocking it was all done really respectfully Respectful. and then we ate yeah. those animals you know once a month or once every three months you know that's yeah. how it was and I think it's really important for kids to understand that because nowadays you know so often children just don't even know that the meat that they're eating even is an animal yes, let alone like which animal it comes from yeah, chicken, that's terrifying yeah, that's that, that's a great story, and it's exactly what we're saying, I guess. Uh, the Eco Village, we we have local meat, and we some of us still do eat local meat from the local farmers. We buy it in bulk, frozen, mm -hmm. uh, a step removed from that, but closer than yeah. um, the normal system. So that's what we're talking about. Local local meat systems are much less polluting than global meat systems. Yeah, yeah, and that's the nuance of the argument, isn't it? That's the difficult thing because you need to present one clear message, but there is no one clear message, yeah. and that's that's the thing. But the one clear message is we have to like stop consuming essentially sure. at whatever level, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I'm really challenged by that because on one arm I like bought lots of equipment in the university where I work, new cameras and new technology. And the other arm I'm like an activist here with Extinction Rebellion. And this year I'm I'm the most profoundly disturbed by that. Mm. And you know, I I don't want to continue doing that. Yeah, the level of internal conflict is I mean and we yeah. also about living in your centre. Uh, I've gone through certain like like changes in my own life around like I run a health food store and I've like you know I've smoked and I've sort of like begun to go okay well actually does that make sense like I can't like I can't just justify it to myself and you begin to think about like alcohol consumption I've always you know thought about a lot of other things in, in, in ways that maybe others haven't got to yet so I guess it's kind of like the easiest thing for when the, the outside world sees us if we become less dissonant as a person in terms of our like our relationship to consumption versus our relationship to our like our internal you know drive to become less consumerist mm. then I suppose that, that we can sit easier with it and probably make more change right yeah yeah I, I've done that I, I'm, I'm seeing every step I make I'm watching it I see cognitive dissonance isn't happening for me anymore mm. I see it and I act on it right. I pick up stuff I, I I turn off the tap I you know I'm, I've been in it for years so I'm making real choices that I'm very logically kind of thinking my impact like wanting less income you know as a desire you know my, my neighbors are, are, are wood-fired bakers mm. and they're local timber in a, in a lovely wood fire and it's it is international grain that they use unfortunately there's no Irish grain for it but they they, they bake bread sourdough bread it's a real local product mm. 
um, very simple salt water and the flour and the fermented flour and uh, they're feeding the local community with bread and the ambition of them for instance is to bring back the bakeries around Ireland that were there and have been broken down mm. localized bakeries so he wants he's training people to, to bake bread the simplest thing the one thing that an element that, that was a big cause of the Syrian uh, crisis was that there was there was, there was drought and there wasn't bread on the streets, you know what I mean? Oh, right. um, so it's, it's profound, you know, bread is a symbol obviously in, in many ways. But um, that's a great story of localization. We have many more in the Eco Village. Um, cooperative, the largest cooperative farm, for instance, in the country. So our, our vegetables are mainly local, you know? Mm -hmm. And are you getting, are you, do you deal with the guys in Crawford's farm as well? They, yeah, so Crawford's farm, yeah. yeah, they used to work on the Eco Village land and now they have, to work, they have their own farm out the road as well, yeah. uh, which they always had actually. And so yeah, we buy meat from them and, and okay. chickens from them. Okay, amazing. Um, and so they're really about the local product um, project as well. And so we get we get a glass bottle of raw milk delivered to our door by Mimi. Nice. We get our bread delivered by um, uh, Alden or Oren. Wow. You know the Fitzmaurice boys. Um, we get deliveries. You know. It's kind of that's door. kind of magic. I mean, like, that's really magic. Like, so we all speak with like this misty-eyed whatever uh, reverence about like the old glass bottles used to be dropped at the yeah. door and like the robins or whatever used yeah. to peck through yes. the top of the foliage. The like there's a huge romance in those like small food things. Mm -hmm which I guess is something we can work right towards. I mean, the whole idea of the artisan food movement and the fact that it's become so like virally infectious in so like everybody wants to go to markets on a Saturday. Everybody wants to eat sourdough bread from blah, 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 baker. Uh, I feel like that's that's kind of the inspiring part of it. But like you say, it's like it, we're, we're too late to, to allow just fluffy change, enjoyable change. Mm. It has to be the tough change as well, where you shower in the bucket and then use the bucket to yeah. <laughs> yeah. tickle in the I toilet. I really want to say to you though, like, you know, there's, there's, with XR and the media, like the middle classness of, 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 of us or the perception of it, you know, and a lot of people would say and have said to me, like, I don't have the option to do that. Mm. And I would argue with that, like, okay, I understand you're from working class or you're, you know, you're different kind of circumstances. I have a privilege of, of sorts, I guess. I have a job and, you know, I work and I have an income and I'm able to do a certain amount of things. Um, we can localize within all kinds of communities. Most of my neighbors, a lot of my neighbors are very low income people living in an abundant eco village mm. with local food and they're able to pay for it and, and, and the local meat and, and all that yeah. and the social system that we have built up is great so that could happen in like stony batter with the pub again and the local baker and that and and and, and producer and maybe the greater dublin area feeding in milk and meat into that mm. we can we can really do that um but the price of food has to go up because it's very much standing with seven percent or something like that it's yeah. it should be more to pay a reasonable income to the producers yeah. so they think that they say that we pay roughly five percent of our income on food whereas 50 years ago we spent roughly 50 percent of our income right, on food. okay it's something yeah. like that yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah i mean it's, yeah. A, it's a, a vast difference so uh, we, we, we've, we've splintered away in the wrong direction clearly yeah and we need to return or redevelop mm. learning from the past some of the good systems and developing a better future yeah um, cool that is a powerful point to end on. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Owen. Um, best of luck yeah. with what you're doing. Um, I'm going to come, come down and visit now. Do yeah, do. We'll do all the bakery courses. Yeah. yeah. Deadly. Oh, That'd be great yeah. fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. super. Right, nice right. Right, right, right. Joe Fitzmaurice. Right, right. yeah. Actually, we have, a, we have a, what I call speakeasies a couple of times a year. So there are gatherings where anybody can come. There's tickets for 10 or 20 euros. We will put on amazing local food, put on amazing, amazing local poetry, uh, readings, uh, music, and then DJs and 
it's a wonderful local party wow. and it's a great time to come down and visit the project actually there's one on i think the 2nd of november the saturday 2nd of november or is it 2nd or 3rd of november okay speakeasy in clock jordan you know there's a room look. for 100 people come down and it's it's a great way to see what we are deadly Lovely. love it okay that's brilliant cool. so you heard it here first <laughs> come down and like yeah join in the speakeasy um but we've got two tickets for ourselves already so you're losing 98 left sorry um so yeah come um, like ask ask own questions through our actually can people find you online um on facebook um yeah. i'm uh, jambles is j-a-m-b-l-e-s perfect um, there's only yeah. one jambles yeah <laughs> Uh, I've just multimedia.com is kind of a, a website I have for kind of the okay. environmental, environmental multimedia production work that okay. I do. Um, yeah, that's okay. about it. Yeah. So if you have more questions, guys, find them there or come and ask us questions on Wandering to Wellness on Instagram, etc. And please come and like and subscribe on YouTube and on podcast app and on Spotify or whatever platform you use to access all this lovely content that we give you. Thanks very much for watching. Bye.